I'm Victoria, and this podcast is all about running, marathon training, and run coaching. It is packed with useful tips to help you grow as a runner. I am a 13-time Boston qualifier and mom of two who started running as an adult. I learned a lot on my journey, and in 2014, I launched an online run coaching business to help other runners. Now, we employ several run coaches and are one of the largest online run coaching companies. We teach you the secrets to reaching your potential in the sport of running. We give real talk discussing personal stories of injuries, setbacks, and PRs. Think of this as a conversation with serial marathoners who share the lessons that we learned along the way. This is the Run for PRs podcast. Welcome to a new type of format. We haven't done one of these in a while, but today we are interviewing one of our Run for PRs coaches, and her name is Coach Kat. She's been coaching with us for over a year, and we're super excited to have her on this podcast and to learn a little bit more about her background in running, how she got into coaching, and a little bit about her coaching philosophy. So welcome, Kat. Hi, Victoria. How are you? Pretty good. I'm so glad that you could be on the show today. How are you doing? Did you get out and run today? I'm doing pretty good. No, I haven't ran yet. That's usually my afternoon task. So I'll get into it probably after this podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I always see your runs on Strava pop up in the afternoon, which is great this time of year. But I know in the summer that can be probably pretty warm at times. Yeah, I don't mind pushing the run back even, you know, until after dinner time if need to, if I need to. I just, I don't know, my body just is more optimized in the afternoons. Totally. Yeah, I feel like when I first transitioned to morning running, it was like my body just wasn't awake and it took so long to just warm up. I used to run in the afternoons all the time. So it's cool that we have a coach on here who who has more of that afternoon running experience. Cause I feel like what gets glorified a lot is like, Oh, you know, you have to run in the morning, but you can definitely do it after work or, you know, after dinner in your case. Yes, exactly. It's all about fitting it into your life. So awesome. I'm excited to kick off with some of the questions we have planned. So I guess we'll just get things started with how did you get into running? Yeah, so I actually got into running in middle school. I would watch my mom run her half marathons with her friends. Um, And as I grew up, I was an afternoon person too. I think that just runs in our family. So I'd be waking up on a Saturday afternoon as like teenagers do. And my (laughs) mom would be coming in the door from finishing one, like a half marathon in the early morning. And I would just be in awe, like, I'd be thinking, wow, half marathons are so far. And I I was just impressed. And, you know, being an influenced teenager at the time, um, it got me to think, like, how many other eighth graders are doing half marathons? And I got the itch to try one. And so then I started training with my mom and her friends. Luckily, they included me on their runs. Um And then it led me to doing my first half marathon in two hours and 18 minutes. And it was not easy. (laughs) Oh, I bet. Yeah, I can't imagine being like that age and getting into running and jumping like right into 
that half marathon distance, but obviously like with your mom who was so into it, I'm sure it really inspired you when you first like went on a run with your mom and her friends. Like what did that first run look or feel like for you? Oh gosh, it was, it was horrible. Um, luckily, (laughs) luckily my mom did run walk intervals. So I was able to ease in that way, but we definitely, we were using like the runner's world generic training plans and we didn't even follow it to a T all the time. So it was not proper training by any means. Um, And so I don't know, I just had such a rough time. My body didn't like it. I had side aches and I'd stop running during the middle of it and I'd cry and I would come (laughs) I would tell my mom to run home and get her car to pick me up. And, uh, yeah, I just hated it when I first started. But, yeah, I kept my eye on the end goal. Just kept going. Did your mom ever, like, go and pick you up in the car? Or did she, like, make you finish? Oh, I don't know. I was pretty stubborn. So, I was, you know, I would sit on the side of the road and wait. (laughs) This is such a crazy story. I think this is like the first I've heard of like, what, how old are you in eighth grade? Like 13 or something? Yeah, I was like 13 or 14. I was, I was pretty moody as a teenager. (laughs) Oh man, aren't we all as teenage girls? But that's so interesting because now looking at you, um, you know, over a decade later and I know like, what's your fastest 5k time right now? Uh, currently it's just under 19 minutes. And that's, I mean, that's just so vastly different, right? Because your first half marathon, you said you ran like two, 218, which is probably like a 1030 pace, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then now it's like, you're doing 5k is at like just under six minute pace or right at six minute pace. So definitely a testament that you don't have to start off being super speedy by any means. Yeah, exactly. Like it just, it just takes time and persistence and patience. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, obviously at some point you kind of develop some speed. So was that like what was the transition from you running you know the run walks with your mom and doing those half marathons to realizing maybe you had some speed or developing that speed oh gosh yeah um I don't know I think I was doing those run walks with my mom for about a year until I was able to do uh three miles continuously um and then Kind of after that, I think it was my freshman year of high school where I decided to uh, join the track team, um, which that was kind of nerve wracking. But my friends knew that I was doing these like runs with my mom and they're like, hey, you're young. Why aren't you in a school sport um, with running? So then once I joined that team, I think I was pushed a little bit more appropriately um, working with my coach. So then I did start to gain a little bit more speed then. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting that, you know, even starting so young, I think most people assume that, you know, if you start young, like you can just kind of get right into it and get into running, you know, three miles at a time, but that it took you a year to kind of gain that endurance. It definitely takes time. And I think sometimes when we look on like social media and stuff, it just seems like people can pick up this sport so quickly. So I really like that you shared that it took a full year to really get to be able to run three miles without those 
walk breaks. But then when you started on the, you know, cross country or track team, when you were a freshman in high school, were you like above average, average, or how was that transition going from runs with your mom to be on this like team with a bunch <laughs> of ass people? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it took me a really long time and a lot of hard work to get to like actually reap the benefits of training. Um, Cause when I first started, I was a back of the pack runner. Um, I think my first two mile race, cause that's what we did in track that first year. I ran 15.05 um, and I, I was the last runner to cross the finish line. And I got the clap from the audience because everyone was happy I was finished. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then I, I started to progress like with my standing in the team, but I mean, it took until like my senior year. And then I was, and then I think I was the second fastest running at like 12 minutes, 12 minute and 24 seconds was my last two mile race, I believe. Um, it took so many years to really get, get fast. Right. Yes. It took all throughout high school to really nail down and become one of the, you know, top runners on your team. Did you, were you someone that like really trained a lot during the off season? You were like a hundred percent dedicated. Um, or like, what was your mentality in those high school years when you went to improve? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, everything was really gradual for me. So I think in between, like during the summer, of my freshman and sophomore year, I didn't do any extra training during my off season. I might've done like a road race with my mom, like a 5k or something like that. But other than that, I didn't really do much. Um, but then as I had a couple more years under my belt, then my coach started to tell me, Hey, you know, you get even better if you trained with us during the off season, like over the summer. And, um, then I got kind of curious about winter running and because there was like a couple months, like a uh, break in between cross country, maybe in November to when track started in March. Um, so then I had my coach like give me some general duration of time that I should run every few days during the week. But it wasn't anything really serious. Yeah, winter running is a little crazy. I mean, for people who maybe aren't <laughs> familiar with where we live <laughs> up in Minnesota, it's like, I don't know. It just seems like it's unrunnable. Like unless you're maybe a runner or like in the running community. Um, I'm sure like as a kid, you were probably like, how is it even possible to, to run outside in the winter? So how did you navigate that? Like if you were, had to train by yourself in the off season. Right. Um, well, I was, I was kind of crazy and I would do laps inside the high school. Um, there, there was a loop that the wrestling team liked to use. Um, that was kind of our upstairs. It was a figure eight with the hallways and I would literally run that for about an hour straight sometimes. Um, if that's <laughs> what my coach would prescribe, but yeah, I, I would run inside or I do like a short 20 minute run outside, just kind of depending how bad the weather was, but Right. It's so weather dependent. I think it's so interesting living here and thinking what did people do, you know, 50 years ago who were training for marathons, like the Boston Marathon when like 
there wasn't access to the treadmill, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. We didn't have a treadmill, I don't think, when I was in high school in our gym. So that's what I ended up doing. Just running the hallways of, <laughs> of the school. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you find a way. Even when it <laughs> seems like there's no way. So um, in high school or in college, like, I know that you had that experience doing some half marathons with your mom and stuff. Did you ever continue doing that, like, while you were a high school, college athlete? Or did you just completely take a break from doing road races? <laughs> yeah, that's a funny question. Because um, my first year of high school, when I did decide to do track, um, I was still doing half marathons with my mom. Uh, but I didn't tell my coach that, and uh, I had a not a very good race one, I don't know, one of the two miles or something like that, and I was just so frustrated and confused. I was like, well, coach, why do I keep getting worse? And <laughs> um, I think he overheard me talking with one of my friends that I just done a half marathon with my mom, and uh, he was like, Kat, uh, do you want to do road races, or do you want to actually get better? And <laughs> that was kind of like a pivotal point, um, I don't know, in high school. And I actually shed a few tears because I love doing those road races. But I realized that, you know, I had to be a little bit more focused with my training and not run so much extra and actually listen to my coach. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I feel like that's a hard lesson to learn. And what that kind of reminds me of is some of our athletes, like when they first come to us, it's like they want to do all of the races, right? Some people want to do races like every weekend or they want to do marathons like four weeks apart, which in some cases it maybe works. But for the most part, sometimes it's just like runners just have that personality where we want to do it all. So it's kind of interesting that you have been in those shoes and you had to make like a decision between – which one do I want to be better at? So how did you navigate that decision? And do you ever like have regrets? Or do you think it was like the right decision for you? Yeah, um, I guess like the first step in navigating that whole situation was telling my mom. And <laughs> she actually, <laughs> she really liked me to win those like medal, those age group medals at those half marathons, because <laughs> Like, what kids my age are doing that? Um, so, yeah, that was kind of tough. But we got through it. And um, I don't know. I don't really regret making the change because, you know, it did allow me to learn more, like, about the physiology of running and how, you know, I can improve. Um, and just, like, improving each year, like, was so exciting to me. And, um yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely wouldn't go back and do the same or not do the same thing. Yeah. And I'm sure it was like hard hearing that from your coach. Did you have a good relationship with him after that? Or was it always kind of <laughs> treacherous well, because he's challenging you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at first I took it really hard. I was like, oh, he hates me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but then, you know, I really thought about I thought about it like and he kind of said, um, that I could be good at running in him asking me that question. And so, like, I also kind of put a positive spin on it and knew that he believed in me and my potential. 
Um, so I just decided to trust him and run with it. Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it. Cause I think so often we can take it like personally, we can be like, Oh, I'm doing something wrong. But really it's like, he was bringing it up cause he saw that you had like all this potential. Like if this girl would just quit running these half marathons every weekend, she could really do something for this team. So it's, it's good that you were able to kind of see that even though, you know, most adolescents, I feel like there's a lot of learning and that kind of goes into that, the emotional um, side of things. So that's really cool. I'm glad that he was a role model in your life. And that reminds me of my college coach. He was always telling people uh, to like not, so sometimes our, I think our track was like in a field house with basketball hoops and sometimes there'd be like balls out and someone like shoot hoops and our coach would be like stop that what are you doing and get really upset and I was like what's the big deal you know like they're just playing some ball but um he was always worried that people were gonna get hurt and I'm kind of laughing at this because I know that recently like last year didn't you have kind of an injury that happened outside of running that kind of impacted your running Um, are you talking about when I broke my hand? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, I made the mistake of during my off season, I just finished the Twin Cities Marathon, and, um, I was having a little bit too much fun with my husband and his friends playing basketball, and I ended up tripping, and I broke a bone in my hand, so I had to run in a cast for, oh gosh, like, two months oh it's just yeah and and it's funny because like you don't ever think that doing doing something like playing basketball or our coach was always weird about like don't go skiing he didn't want us to go downhill skiing like over winter break or something because he thought we were gonna get um like an injury like that where we wouldn't be able to do indoor or outdoor track um so yeah it's just interesting to to know that sometimes like coaches it seems like they're you know a little strict but it's like they're they're looking out for their team and their their athletes yeah because you never know when you're gonna have a klutzy moment (laughs) definitely and I know that that can be something that you have to do as a coach as well um so was he like one of your influential coaches or do you have anyone else that was a coach in your life who really sticks out and has influenced you to like get into coaching yourself Yeah, um, I don't know. He was a really influential coach to me because, again, he, like, showed me, (laughs) like, so much. Um, But I don't know. Like, I've had so many coaches throughout my time running. Like, in college, there were so many coaching changes throughout my four years. And um, luckily, I was was able to learn something from each of them. Um, But, I mean... Yeah, my high school coaches, they just really helped instill, like, the fire inside of me. And they really didn't emphasize, like, time goals too much or, like, putting too much pressure on myself in terms of, like, hitting any specific times. And they just kind of emphasized, like, the duration of running for training. Um, like, you know, for going out for an easy run, just do an easy 30 minutes. Um, there's there's really no pressure um, behind that so I don't know they just really cultivated that passion and joy for running without putting pressure on myself yeah that's a really good philosophy and definitely is something that 
we advocate here on for PR. So I think, yeah, having that background, it definitely made you a really good fit for what we do here as well, because obviously time goals are fun. And like, as you get closer, it's good to have like a pacing plan. But I think sometimes when it's like, so outcome focused instead of process focused, we can lose sight or like we have all of our eggs in the basket of like, what is my finish time going to be on race day? And we like forget that we're running because we enjoy running. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting, you know, getting into coaching a lot of people listening are probably like, Oh yeah, like she's a running coach. Um, and you actually coach full time for running. Right. So it's really interesting, like your background, getting into it. Um, what kind of made you get into coaching and what does your career path look like in college? And then, you know, after graduation? Yeah. So it was actually pretty crazy because my first year of college, like I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, but I, I knew I was passionate about like fitness and, and running, but, um, I started out as like a pre-physical therapy major and then the second semester of that year, I switched to physical physical education and health. So I knew I wanted to help people, um, you know, in conjunction with something in that in the health realm. But I don't know, I was still so unsure of myself. Um, and then like thinking about my future and maybe what was realistic. Uh, I was influenced by my boyfriend at the time, now husband, who was majoring in business and accounting. He was actually pretty successful in it. Um, so then I ended up changing my major to business and accounting, which was a complete 180. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I'm someone who majored in accounting in college and my husband majored in um, the health and physical education and was in that field for a while. And just like how different both of our careers were at that time. It's just like such a 180 switch from going from the physical education to accounting. So did you not really like the, the teaching side of the physical education or did it just kind of seem like you didn't know for sure if that's what you wanted to do? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't really for sure if that's what I wanted to do. Um, and like financially, like I knew college was pretty expensive mm -hmm. and I know there's, you know, information out there that like a physical education teacher probably doesn't make as much. So right. I, w I did have concerns about that, like taking care of myself. Um, so unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> it made me go the business route. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like <laughs> when people are accounting or business majors because I'm like, oh, yeah, we have that in common. But yeah, I know that teachers can definitely be underpaid for the work that they put in for sure, which is unfortunate because it's like it sounds like you really had a passion for the physical education, like personal training and health sort of thing. But then you kind of made that switch into something that you thought would provide more like job stability because accounting exactly. I mean that's really why I went into it is like okay I know there's always going to be a need for an accountant mm -hmm. yep that was that was my thought process and I actually ended up being pretty good at it <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah I was yeah like I got good grades I was active in the accounting club and you know became president of that and you know did all these extracurriculars and like I ended up getting a job offer at a large public accounting firm. 
Um, I even passed two parts of the CPA exam on my first try. There are four parts, but you know, then in, in between there, I decided like I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, so then I just yeah. break the other parts. So that's just crazy. Like to, to go through the, the schooling and then like get the degree and like have that job at like the big accounting firm and like be passing the CPA exam. So like everything, your trajectory is like amazing. <laughs> and then it's like, you just kind of came to like the realization that like, maybe your passion wasn't in it or like walk me through how you came to that decision. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't like their career. Like some people get stuck and then they just like, well, I have to stick with this, but then you like pivoted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I, I first, I gave it a try. I came up on almost a year of working there. Um, but you know, I was just so depressed. Like, it was, it was hard. Like I had a hard time balancing my life outside of work. Um, and so, you know, after doing some reflecting, I was like, you know, this is not sustainable for my future. And like, you know, especially with being with my husband, like <laughs> that's so important to be happy. And right. I mean, I know everyone can't be in a job and be super happy, but you know, to a certain extent, you need to be a little bit more realistic. Like, because mental health is so important. Totally. Um. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like a lot of people just stay at jobs where they're miserable because they're like, oh, if I just stay here like one more year or like this, like, oh, I have to stick here or they just get stuck in that trap and they don't really explore other options. Because I know I interned at a like at a CPA firm, right? And at the end of the internship, I just remember the partner, I had a conversation with him and he was like, oh, so did you like it? And I sat there in the chair and I was like, okay, well, you could either lie and like <laughs> start, you know, saying that you love it. So you get a hired and you get this job. Cause like, of course you want to get a job. And I was like, or you could just be honest. <laughs> and I was so burnt out at that point. Cause like I just did a tag season and I was like, I just can't lie. <laughs> so I was just like, um, I pretty much, you know, professionally said, I don't know if this is for me. And I remember walking out of there being like, so scared, because I was like, well, their goal was like any sort of <laughs> job offer that I was gonna get. Um, so yeah, and I think it does take a lot of and my husband was like, that was when I knew like, <laughs> you were the, the right person for me. And I was like, really? But it just kind of goes to show that sticking up for kind of like what you know is good for you um it takes a lot of courage and I think that's like a really admirable trait to have for sure because it's like you could stick with what's stable but you could also like explore other options and you know that's what life is all about is figuring out like what you're passionate about and living a life that makes you excited so right when you were kind of exploring your thoughts like let's say you know you're in the role and you didn't really like it um what kind of led you I mean I I know you you landed <laughs> on reaching out to me but like what were your thoughts kind of before you made that reaching out, were you just like looking for like fitness related jobs or like you were just like throwing whatever sort of <laughs> messages out there? What was that process like for you? Oh, yeah. Um, well, you know, like with doing my reflecting, I, you know, I was literally going to the well. I was like, oh, maybe, you know, uh, we could be financially sustained on me working at a coffee shop or oh. <laughs> like just, oh, wow. 
anything like, but county. <laughs> I was, yes, I was in a dark place, but um, I don't know. But then I was like thinking even more into it. And, you know, usually you end up thriving in a job that you actually are passionate about. Um, and so, you know, I was like, I was trying to think about like something I had a lot of expertise in and I knew a lot about, I was confident doing, um, and also like excited to learn more about it. Um, because I think that's just like super important with like a job, like you have to be eager to learn or excited to do it. And that'll actually make you so much better at doing that job. Um, so I don't know, I did see a run for PRs and I, like I reached out to the company and I was, it was definitely like kind of a shot in the dark, but I knew my love and dedication to running like was tied so closely with the company. So I don't know. I knew if I was presented with the opportunity, I would have loved it. And, you know, I wouldn't be afraid to, to learn. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And I was like, knowing that you didn't have a lot of coaching experience, um, just wanting you to get the certification and all going through like so much of the mentorship stuff. Um, it definitely, yeah, you definitely grew into like the role as a coach and definitely gained a lot of experience. And I think you, you've definitely been eager to learn during that process. And I think, yeah, it's just been a really cool experience having you on board and being eager to learn and all of that. So I think that's definitely a good message for anyone that's looking to maybe change what they're doing I mean even if it's going into maybe someone's doing something and they want to go into accounting so it's all about learning whatever it is and being eager to learn and just like being willing to make those big changes yeah. um, and trusting like your gut feeling <laughs> I think that totally. Yeah. And I know that's like a really big mental barrier and big life change and career change. So do you have any like words of wisdom for people who are trying to make a change? Like maybe it's, they're trying to train more consistently or they are looking for a way to, you know, incorporate running more into their life or any sort of drastic change. So you've done a drastic change before. Like what are your words of wisdoms? Yeah, just, I think like break, break it up into steps and like make goals. Like, so I guess like first make a lofty goal of like something that you want to achieve and then break it up into smaller steps to get there. Um, and that'll help make it more feasible. And, you know, like you can start adding in little things at once versus like try to make, you know, big, huge changes. <laughs> I mean, right. and get overwhelmed and then honestly give up because you feel like you can't do it um just yeah I don't know I feel like breaking it up into bite-sized pieces kind of helps you get to where you want to go definitely yeah just taking it one day at a time it doesn't have to be um so like big and scary if you just break it up into pieces that's really good advice um, and then I know you, gosh, we're coming up on like two years since all of the pandemic and well, it is, has been two years since all of the, the shutdowns and everything occurred. And I believe you were in like your senior year of college when all of those races ended up getting canceled. Um, so how, what was that like as a college student and being a college athlete? Cause I only know from my perspective, it, to me, it just didn't really, 
I mean, obviously it was a drastic change in a lot of ways, but I can't imagine being like a college student when that happened. Yeah, um, it was pretty devastating. (laughs) Right. Being a senior and then, you know, kind of having your hopes for your last season, like your fitness is at its like kind of peak, like, I mean, for that time of your life. But, um, you know, and so you're so excited to maybe – like hit these times that you haven't quite yet in these races and um so then you just kind of leave with I mean I left with some unfinished business what felt like in a few races and um luckily I wasn't the only one feeling that way (laughs) and I was able to connect with some other athletes who ended up moving up here in the cities too who were from rival colleges and we actually put on our own makeshift meets um to just I don't know get out there have fun again and try to go for some fast times oh that's so funny so that must have been like in the summer then. yes yeah yeah oh wow yeah <laughs> I know back when it all happened we were living in River Falls so like Jason was coaching at the college there still and I do remember I think maybe two weeks in that the track was still open and so like I went out there and did a little time trial on that on the track no one was out there but then they like locked it <laughs> in uh. April and May and I was like what you can't so we couldn't uh couldn't even use the track so I'm sure the similar thing happened at your college um yeah I'm not I'm not exactly sure like what happened at Co College um but up here in Minneapolis, like, you know, I, I won't say the specific tracks that we went to, but we did jump over some fences to make it work. Oh, man. Yeah, yup. That's funny. Classic college age kids just having to get that track workout in. Yep. And it, yeah, that's that's funny. Um, but yeah, uh, what what have you been doing like since all of that went down? So that was in 2020. And then a lot of people like who graduate college, they kind of stick and do shorter road races for a while. But um, it was kind of a unique situation for you because there weren't really any races. So did you just keep doing like workouts or did you kind of just like, what was that experience like? Right. Well, so I just got out of college and so I still, I love the shorter distance races too. Um, So I don't know. I tried to get those out of my system. I did like maybe like three, five Ks on my own, kind of like time trials that I prescribe to some of my athletes now just to get like good optimal training paces for. Um, But I just, you know, I love those short, hard efforts. Um, So I kind of did those and then I did a 10 K and I did a half marathon um, on my own. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I was super excited when they did start opening up races again. Um, and then when they did, I jumped on the opportunity to sign up for the Twin Cities Marathon. Oh, yeah, yeah, because that was uh, fall of 2021. So when you signed up for that, were you like afraid that maybe it was going to get canceled? Or did you have pretty good expectations that it was going to go on? Yeah. Um, yeah, there was quite a bit of talk of like, unsure if it was actually happening, but Twin Cities in motion kind of did a good job of keeping us updated. It kind of felt like, um, and uh, there were some other like local 5Ks that I saw that 
did go on before that. So I don't know. I wasn't too worried whether it was going to happen or not. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a weird fall. I think people like in the summer, it seemed like, yeah, everything was going to happen. But after going through everything of 2020, I was just like, I have no idea. Like, you know, I'm, I was really shocked that Chicago and Boston happened because I did Boston, but um, it was really cool to see that they finally all kind of came back and people were able to do the races. But what I do find interesting is you kind of made the leap to the marathon within a year of graduating. Um, I know a lot of people who are college athletes, traditionally, a lot of people will try to continue to focus on like speed work and get, you know, fast with half marathon and below distances and then they move up maybe in their later 20s to the marathon distance so kind of what inspired you to make the jump to the marathon just like a year um, or like a year and a half two years after graduating college yeah well um (laughs) so since I you know I started running doing like half marathon road races with my mom um and I did put that on pause throughout high school and college like I did have that itch throughout that time. Like, I really missed road racing. Um, There's just something about, like, the atmosphere that's different than college meets. Like, it's just kind of more relaxed, and the energy is just so high with so many runners. Um, So, I don't know. I just really wanted to do a marathon. Um, And, I don't know, I kind of talked to my coaches in college and got their opinion about like what I should focus on um, post-college. And they said that I would excel in the long distances and um, that I would have a good shot at qualifying for Boston. So I was like, oh, I just, I just want to do it now. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's fun to, to make that jump into the marathon, especially like if you're coaching and it's fun to just kind of have that firsthand experience doing all of those distances yourself right um so it's cool to make the jump to uh, that marathon distance so were you kind of intimidated by it or were you mainly excited or how did the training go yeah I was mainly excited um you know because it kind of took me back to my when I when I first started out running like and training for the half marathons, like the excitement of hitting a new long run distance every weekend. Um, I was just excited to, you know, really just change up my training and do things that I've never done before again. Um, and then I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying all the snacks again too, like the different goos and (laughs) stuff like that, you know? Yeah. You don't normally get to do that with 5k training. So definitely yeah Yeah. and then I remember tracking you on race day and you were like oh my goal you know is to run this and you were on pace like all the way through the half and then all of a sudden like you just started like hammering the pace the second half and you just like you ran the best negative split marathon I've ever seen especially on the Twin Cities course I feel like your last two miles it said was like I want to say it was like 611 or like 620 pace or something. I was like, what is she doing? Like, how does she have this speed? It was crazy. So like, what is your advice for running marathons or like, how did that happen? Oh my gosh. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, my coach just kind of told me, like, oh, don't go faster than 7.30 pace through, like, half marathon. Um, and really make sure you're just staying in control through 18 miles. Um, so I just – I really focused on my effort and making it, like, super easy. I didn't have, like, a specific time goal because I did know it was my first marathon. Um, so I didn't want to be too hard on myself. I wanted to make sure I could soak in the full experience and honestly just run happy because, you know, with the pandemic, there wasn't a lot of races to do. So it's like I, I just wanted to have fun. And um, so, yeah, I got through the half marathon mark and uh, I actually was running with like a group at the time and we were popping off like the 730s and I was feeling good. And then they started to slow down and then my competitive side kind of came out and I was like, oh my gosh, I actually feel a lot better than I thought I would. <laughs> um, and then I just kept getting faster. Um, I have, I feel like I have like negative splits kind of like ingrained in me through college. My coaches taught me that. Um, it's like the key to racing fast, I feel like. So um, yeah, I just kind of took what I learned and I felt felt out the paces um I don't know I just really focused on effort made sure feeling was really good that was so key in feeling strong at the end though totally yeah it's like a game changer if you can fuel but obviously a testament to like really good pacing and and good training too because you don't just run a good marathon time with fueling alone there's so many things that you did right um, but what I find so interesting is like the course that you chose, like Twin Cities Marathon. I think a lot of people around here run it. Um, and uh, some people say it's, I, I've never really heard someone say it's fast, but I've heard people say they love the course. Right. Um, I just really think that course is hard. I have struggled to run well there. Um, every time I it it's like 10 minutes slower than my PR I just like crumble especially because the second half is like super hilly so the fact that you were able to like run negative splits um on those hills especially at the end is like really impressive um so what made you pick that course versus like grandma's marathon or something that's maybe a little bit faster or I know you live kind of you're from southern Minnesota, and I feel like there's the Mankato Marathon, and there's <laughs> other marathons that kind of go on. So what made you pick Twin Cities? Right. So, I don't know. In picking a time or a marathon, it wasn't really about, like, a specific time goal I wanted to hit. Um, like, so, again, my mom was my inspiration to start running, and she was actually signed up to do the Twin Cities Marathon for her first marathon about 10 years ago. And then right after that, she was diagnosed with kidney disease, which halted her running to a stop. Um, and then, unfortunately, within the past two years, my mom was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. So, like, now that I, at the time, like, I knew I wanted to do a marathon, I just thought it would be fitting that, you know, my first one would be to do the Twin Cities Marathon for her. Wow. Yeah, and I I know that's, yeah, that's, like, so so hard to see your mom go through all of those things and knowing that she was your inspiration to get into running. It's just 
really cool that it comes full circle and I'm sure she is like super proud of everything that you've done with your running and even like with your career change and everything in the recent years just following your your intuition and everything like that so was your mom there watching you at Twin Cities and how was that experience? (laughs) Uh yeah, she was she was bawling at the end because she was so happy. I don't think um, she was part of my my cheer squad, and I don't think she had any clue about what I was really going after, like time wise. Um, so she was just um, I don't know, pleasantly surprised, <laughs> especially when I qualified for Boston too. That was like the cherry on top for her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you qualified by a long shot. So speaking of Boston, I know that's kind of like the big cherry on top of every runner, right? Like, I feel like that's a bucket list that like every runner who does marathons, they kind of, you know, maybe it's like a long term goal or just something that they maybe aspire to, even if, you know, maybe they never um, achieve it. It's kind of like a good long term goal. Uh, so do you think they're going to be running Boston or like what, what are your ideas on Boston? Yeah. So I will definitely be shooting to run Boston, um, April, 2023. Um, I mean, I'm excited to see what all the hype is about. (laughs) Um, and you know, get my jacket. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I've never gotten to experience it myself in person. And um, I've only really gotten to know more about Boston since I've gotten into the running post college. Otherwise, before then, um, I hadn't really heard much about it. Or I mean, I didn't pay attention to it really at all. Right. Yeah, I mean, I had never really I mean, I knew what Boston was, but I think what uh, really set it off, at least for me, was like watching the Boston Marathon in 2013 and then seeing, oh my gosh, like the bombings and all of that stuff really kind of lit this fire. I was like, I, I want to go there. I want to do um, that race just because it was such a memorable year the next year when like Meb won and everything just how they continued to do the race despite everything that kind of went on it just showed that resilience side of the running community so yeah after watching the 2014 marathon that at that's when I kind of got my qualifier right after that and then I ran in 20 2015 but I think yeah prior to really graduating college it wasn't really a thing and you know now that I'm remembering, it was a lot of people asking me in my career, um, working in corporate accounting, people were like, oh, you're a runner, you know, have you done marathons? And then the next question is, have you qualified for Boston? And I always just found it so annoying. I was like, what is this Boston thing? And yeah, I'm sure you can definitely relate to that. Yes. Yeah. I feel like with social media too, it makes it more popular to try to aim for that qualifying time but yeah when I was in high school I I mean social media wasn't huge um and then I didn't really follow the sport either which didn't help (laughs) but yeah I mean I feel like runners can associate like their value or like marathoners especially associate their value as a runner like with qualifying for Boston um yeah, but yep. <laughs> I don't know, like before even knowing about it, like I still called myself an avid runner and so. Right. Yeah. And that's what kind of was funny for me. I really wanted to qualify 
but I could tell people like I you know coffee for Boston because I was just so annoyed by that question and I did really want one of those jackets and all of those things I felt like this fear of missing out and like as soon as I crossed the line of qualifying obviously I was very excited but I also kind of had this like anticlimactic like realization in the months after I qualified that like nothing really changed um I wasn't like a different person <laughs> inherently, you know, so I was like, oh, you know, like I could have been proud of myself um, all along, but I think I was like waiting for like this certain stamp of like, okay, you got this in order to, I don't know, like have, <laughs> have some weird, yeah, it's just, it's hard to explain, but I wish I could go back in time and not uh, put so much pressure on myself and like that outcome goal, because really it didn't, um didn't really do what I thought it was going to do for me anyways. (laughs) Right. Yep. I completely agree. Definitely. So speaking of big goals, um, what are your long-term goals with your running? Yeah. So I guess it depends on like how long-term are we talking? Um, I eventually want to do an ultra marathon. Uh, I just think it would be so fun and cool and like, Again, when I when I don't really want to put the pressure on myself for like time goals, I just feel like it's it's a good race to shoot for, Um, because it's again you can have that like fun weekend run where you're like, wow, this is my longest run distance ever. Like I don't know, nothing really beats that feeling when you do something new that you haven't ever done before. Um, So that's definitely something that I would like to do. Oh, yeah. When you say ultra marathon, that like just opens like a whole book, right? Like, are we talking 50k or 150 miler? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely would start with the 50k. Um, <laughs> because I don't know, you never know what's going to happen in those types of races. So I just definitely would like to dip, dip my toes in very gradually. <laughs> oh, yeah, just to see what it's all about. Um, Like what, like, is this something that you think you would do in recent years or is that more like way, way in your future? <laughs> um, well, I did just talk to Dre about this and he, he's my husband. He's uh, my training partner. He does a lot of my runs with me and he, I mean, he does it on the bike. Um, hmm. And so I do say a lot of my success comes from his support Um and I did tell him about this, like my goal of doing the ultra marathon. And he was like, Kat, I am not riding bike three hours a day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, I mean, and I know like with ultra running, depending on what you're doing, you're not doing three hours a day, right. but um, I don't know. It definitely won't be anytime soon, <laughs> maybe closer to retirement age if I potentially like you know, my body's good. And like, I have that extra time that I think I will. Yeah, like when you say retirement age, (laughs) like I have to clarify, because I know Jason uses that term a lot, too. But are you talking more like retiring from like, run, like running competitively, like trying to run your fastest times on the road? Or are you talking about like retiring from work? (laughs) Um, Probably retiring from work. Um, Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, just, well, I mean, thinking about, like, a phase of my life, because I want to have kids, uh, like, I want to be 
present in their life. I mean, you can do all this. You okay? You can be. <laughs> this is all controversial now, but <laughs> no, no, I totally know what you mean. I mean, it's a big time commitment. Like I did an ultra once when I was, I don't know, it was twenty fourteen. So trying to do the math, I don't know. And then I was like, nope, that's. I don't think this is for me. But. I still like in the back of my head, I'm like, no, I want to do a 50 and a hundred miler. And I'm like someday, someday. And I keep kind of like putting it off because, you know, I have like young kids and it's like, yeah, I could train for it. But like, I'm just kind of, I don't know. I'm not ready for it yet. Right. Yep. And I definitely want to be ready to make that commitment. (laughs) Right. Like mentally you want to be like in it. You don't want to be like, oh, like maybe I should be training for a marathon or like a 5k or something exactly yep yeah because that was kind of like our discussion after I did my 150k it was like Victoria like if you do all these ultras which I know this is also a little controversial I was like you won't really be able to focus on like the 5k or the half and you say you also want to get faster at those distances <laughs> but like what do you actually want and then I'm like well I want to do everything at once <laughs> so I'm yeah. sure you can relate to that Yes, exactly. Like, I don't want to, um, I don't know, limit myself, like, in terms of time for a race, like the 5k, I really want to break 18 minutes in that. But, you know, I don't want to say, oh, I'm going to stop training for it at this age. And right. Know. Yeah, because there's so much unknowns about the future. Like, it's hard right now for you to be like, well, I don't know when that when I'm gonna feel like I'm ready to to make that transition and so yeah it's hard to put like an age on it I think yep like I follow gosh like Heather Schultz I don't know if you probably don't you're not really big on social media but she set like her marathon PR which was like in her 40s and it was like a two 250 something two fifty. I don't I have no idea what it was but it was like 255 ish wow. yeah and so I'm like shoot and she she actually started running similar to you, like in middle school. So I'm like, how does someone reach their athletic peak, like in their, you know, early forties? Um, you know, it's actually pretty common. I, I follow a lot of people where I see it happen. And so I'm like, wow, you know, you really, you really don't know how long you have to, to really hit your fastest time. So it does kind of make sense that you'd say that and, and not really be a hundred percent sure when, uh, when that is. Yeah, yep. I'd say you put that perfectly. <laughs> totally. So are you right now focusing more on speed or distance? Or what are kind of your goals for the next five years with your running? Yeah, so um, over the next five years, I'd say, well, I re- right now I'm currently focusing on the 5k, I'm trying to break 18 minutes. But I also have a half marathon this fall. And then, like I said, Boston next April. So I'm, I'm kind of mixing things a bit, but, you know. Not really. <laughs> I mean, what, what half are you doing this fall? Mankato. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Do you, do you know what, like, 5Ks you're trying to do to, like, break 18? Because I know there's a couple fast ones um, around here in the summer. Like, go for the Badger. You might want to try that one out. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I, I'll look into that one. But I would love to do a track 5k. I think that's where, you know, your potential of getting a really fast time would be optimized. Um, other than that, I'm signed up for Brian Craft um, yeah. Memorial. Um, I know that may be a little bit hot, but I don't know. 
maybe maybe it'll go well (laughs) yeah and I mean it could be hot but other years it's been like raining and cold so you just never know with May racing weather right but that's exciting yeah there's definitely a lot of opportunities so it sounds like you're focusing more on like shortest and speed until you gear up for that half marathon in the fall and then you're going to do a full marathon next spring and then do you have any plans um after that or are you trying to like go for a PR at Boston or is it more just like for the experience yeah I mean I've heard that like going for a PR at Boston is definitely not impossible but um you want to be careful of like the hills that can be deceiving there um so yeah I don't know I struggle with putting a time goal on that one um just because, you know, Boston is, like, I feel like most of the time you go there for the experience. So I would love a PR. I will train towards that. But, you know, if it doesn't happen, I won't have my heart broken. Totally, uh, yeah. Heartbreak Hill, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I honestly, I always say that I think that the Twin Cities Marathon course is harder than Boston. So it'd be interesting to hear your opinion once you do. Both of them, just because Twin Cities, there's a lot of hills, but there's not the downhills to really counter it. Right. Um, but like at Boston, it's like there's so much downhill. Um, but that's what people say is like hard about the course is that it like beats up your quads and then there's all the hills. But it just depends on what type of runner you are, I guess. If you like downhills or not. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I do like downhills, but, you know, I haven't I don't have a lot of experience with them since it's so flat up here. <laughs> Right. And that's the thing that's crazy is it's hard to train for super hilly races in Minnesota. But, you know, we we go to River Road. We try to do a little something. Yep. All right. Well, it was really cool to chat with you and learn a little bit more about your running and your coaching philosophy. And if anyone wants to get to know a little bit more about you, um, is there a way that they can like reach out to you or maybe if they want to work with you um, uh, as having you be their coach? Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd send them towards signing up for a free seven day trial um, through the run for PRs website, or you can shoot me an email at cat at run Awesome. Yeah. So Kat would love to hear from you guys. And again, that is a free seven day trial at www.runforprs.co. And you can leave a note that you want to work with Kat, or maybe that you just want to chat with Kat. It's, we always do like a free seven day trial. So you can get to know your coach before you sign up. No, uh, no commitment needed. Just like a freeze of new trial. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kat. And we are excited to air this episode soon. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Bye.